podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. It is, of course, the best Star Trek podcast in the history of all podcasts. I, uh, as you know, am Matt. And uh, as I've often been referred to, I am Andy. And I see no need to dwell on what was doubtlessly a difficult time for both of us. Mm. (laughs) It could apply to any episode. It applies to, uh, I mean, the fact that we... We're supposed to be doing this at 7.30. Technically, 2.30. No, we're supposed to do it at fucking in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We had this scheduled for 2 o'clock. And then Dory's car, uh, instead of being ready at 2 o'clock, was not ready till 3.45. So I had to go pick up Henry from sports camp and also bring Dory to go get her car from uh, being serviced at Volvo. And so if, then I said, I said, hey, Andy, I got to move this because of the stupid uh, car not being ready in time. Uh, what do you say? You do it tonight? And he's like, yeah, I'll cancel something for you. He said it like that, I imagine. It was in text. So it was in know. text, so he doesn't know. Yeah. I actually uh, said it. I'll cancel that for you, buddy, <laughs> is what the tone was. <laughs> uh, and I was like, great, let's start at 7. It sounds good. And then Andy goes to 7.30, okay? And I'm like, of course it's okay. 7.30, who cares? It's a half hour. No one gives a shit about a half hour. And uh, then we got on and we started yapping a little bit. And then as my internet starts slowing down tremendously. And uh, Andy was frozen for a little while, and then my community, like, the, the internet's un, it's unstable. And I went in the house, and I was like, I'm just going to reset my router. So I went right. in. Yeah. I reset the modem, then I reset, I reset the modem, and then I checked the speed. It was getting 20 megs down, which is stupid. Not close to anything that I need. And then I was like, I'll reset the router, like a brilliant former Mac genius. And the, yeah. the, the router just decided I'm done. It never came. The LED never lit back up. So my Orbi, my old Orbi system, which is like How old? RB50, which I think came out in 2000. And it predates Henry, so it's like probably 2017, 18, 17 maybe. I don't know though. Five years for a router—that doesn't Five seem like enough. Five years for a router is a lot when you think about like uh, coverage, distance, and speed. You know, now these yes. routers are like—I was just looking at the new Orbi system, and A, it's stupidly expensive, and B, it's like you can connect up to two hundred devices on your home Wi-Fi. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why would you ever need two hundred devices running at the same time? And then I was like, well, I guess in here we have like, I don't know, like probably 15 things connected. But I'm like, that's 15. That's still 185 less than 200. Who's running 200 things on their Wi-Fi at home? 
Maybe you have a party or you're running oh, a terrorist cell. Come on, everybody. I need everyone's everyone needs to be on Wi Fi for this cool party I'm having where you should all be checking your phones. I mean maybe it's a game. <laughs> maybe it's a, a game where you use your phone. Uh anyway. Defeating so the purpose us. of a party game. <laughs> Andy I am telling Andy oh, he texts me like look, I think my router's fucked. And it was like 9.30. I'm like trying to see if I can get a hold of a router at Target because they're open till 10. Uh, Best Buy's closed. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Henry's going to be freaking out because he can't watch his uh, his YouTube in the morning or his number blocks is what he's watching recently. Dory's already in bed. She doesn't give a shit right now. She's going to care in the morning when she can't sure. go online. Sure. Um, so then I'm like, oh, I'll just go into my office and dig through a box. Found an old router, an Apple time capsule <laughs> slash airport extreme. I plugged that in out front, tested the Wi-Fi, tested the speed. I was getting I was getting 220 megs down now, which is closer to what I should be getting. And then I go out to my office. I'm like, ooh, I think I kind of fixed it. And uh, my office signal is one bar. So when I ran the speed test out here, I got one. Point zero eight megabits down, and Andy's like, "Hey, try using your phone." Hotspot, I, like, I said. I was like, "That's a weird way to say that," but uh, I'll try the hotspot. I tried. The, I put the hotspot on, and then I went on and speed tested the hotspot on my computer, and it was getting like two hundred eighty, three hundred meg megabits down, which is just as fast as the internet currently is in the house. So. Andy solved the tech problem, and it's now 10.40 p.m. Guys, I'm a real Mac genius. And we're here to do the episode so that we may maintain our schedule, which includes us doing uh, Enterprise and Voyager in the next couple of days as well. For you wonderful patrons out there. I realize we don't need it now, but I also do have an, uh, a Google Mesh that I don't like and stopped using because I found... It didn't follow me from room to room, which is what I was looking for. And that's, of course, that's what you need. Why wouldn't you need that? It's wireless. That's the whole point. It should follow you. I don't know. It wasn't working. Like, I just set up a whole. Exist, you know. I had to set up a whole other weird thing where I, uh, I set up a second router on a different kind of password because mm -hmm. that's what some some guy on the phone uh, at, at tech support recommended to me. It was very nice. Oh, so you still have your your router coming from your Spectrum or whatever internet yes. that has a wireless router built in, but you also have your other network going. I ran a, yeah. a hard line to another I've router. I've done that. Although that's yeah. annoying because it will, as I walk from room to room, it'll jump from one router to the other. and that's Well, that's why you got to forget the network. You'll be like, get out of here. Forget it, mean? network. What, do you, what does that mean? You go so on you your phone, network. you click on that network, and you say, forget this network. <laughs> that way it won't jump over to it automatically. But I want it to go to whatever the closest router is. Oh, so you're actually running two routers. You're not running a router and an extended satellite. Right. You're running, you have two Wi-Fi networks in your home. The extended satellite for some both. reason. The extended satellite for some reason wasn't wouldn't work like it would the signal wasn't strong enough or something i mean you probably have like chicken mesh plaster in your house i think that there's a huge steel issue inside yeah. my house yeah. 
Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of the old 20s builds in Los Angeles have like chicken wire plaster with horse hair. And it's just like a beast for wireless signals to penetrate. Guys, I'm so glad you tuned into this podcast to talk about Wi Fi networks. <laughs> chicken wire? Anybody know what it's from? No. Chicken wire. <laughs> uh, should it should be a, a little uh, line from something big? Uh, I mean, I know it from something big. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Should we have that be a? You get a prize? Nah, a bunch uh, of nerds. I mean, I'm just about to say what it is. So if you don't want to hear it, then you'll have to stop. Stop to figure it out. It's from Blues Brothers. When uh, when I I'm not sure if that's it's not Blue Mo, Lou Marini. Um, uh, he, uh, the the guy with the long hair and the and the mustache, looks at when they go into the country bar, and see that the stage is 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 uh, has a protective barrier of chicken wire, to because people immediately start throwing beer bottles as soon as they're mad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That makes sense. Um. Anyway, makes sense thank you for joining us. In your head. So, yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's I think it's his only line in the movie if I'm not mistaken. It is Blue Lou Marini. I the thought you were Kinda. talking about that wonderful scene where Joe Morton turns to John Goodman and says, "Can you believe we're the 2000th Blues Brothers?" Blues <laughs> 2000. God, what a disappointment that was. I was such a huge Blues Brothers fan. Yeah, and seeing know. that, I was like, "What is happening?" At least it wasn't the other Belushi. That's true. It wasn't you know, Jim Belushi. At least Belushi. it wasn't Jim Belushi. You know what I mean? How That's mad all. was he? That's all we can say. How mad must do you think he was? Furious. He must have been enraged. Oh, he must have thrown something at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we have a friend. This is. Should I tell this story, Matt? Go ahead. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if this is libel. Look, I don't know if this is true. Exactly. We don't know. This is the thing we heard from a person. This is the thing who we heard. Also heard it. Can you be sued if you say something but you make that qualification? I mean, well, we're not saying this happened. We're saying we heard that right. this happened. That's all. Right. Okay. I'm a lawyer. That would stand up in any court. <sighs> all right. Well, if I get sued, I'm dragging you down with me. Um, you. <laughs> Andy made the terrible decision. Find a suit that fit. So I'm wearing this. <laughs> oh, no, at least take off your socks hat. <laughs> your honor. <laughs> He's a southern judge. Don't pretend you're. Don't act. Don't up the the Boston accent. <laughs> um, uh, we have a friend who uh, worked on one of. Uh, Mr. Belushi's shows, his sitcom. And according and to him, what happened? <laughs> he uh, angered him in some way, and uh, Jim Belushi <laughs> threw him up against the wall, and maybe, did he try and did, did he try and choke him a little bit, or was it just throwing him up against the wall? Well, there's probably choking <laughs> involved at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, as, as I say, that is total hearsay. That is just something that was reported to us. We have no idea if that is true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now that we've yes. done that, we should probably hit the Tapol section of the show. Absolutely. Here we go. If it's important to you to know the thoughts of the crew, you gotta take it to Tapol. 
of marshmallow tiff Makes you wonder what if You gotta take a tip Take a tip This is gonna burn through all my wall on my wireless for the month. Doing this, yeah, you don't have like an infinite wireless. I have unlimited, but it situation. throttles you after a certain amount of yeah usage. Yeah, but hey, it's the end of the month. Let's fucking roll the dice, baby. Yeah, cut to you on New Year's Eve, unable to call for whatever. I just get have to information. Send you pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't hinder this podcast that much. Um, so the last episode was, uh, season two, episode 15, Paradise. Um, here were the stats. Uh, Matt and I collectively rated it a six. Both of us said six. Um, IMDb rated a 6.6. Patreon rated it a 6.4, you guys. And 31% rated it a seven out of 10. All roughly in the same. Same vicinity. Oh, okay. That was uh, Cisco and O'Brien beam down to a planet looking for a potential colony site, and their technology fails, and they are stranded amongst a group of anti-technology zealots. That's what I like to call Cisco in a box. (laughs) Cisco in a box. That's right. He spent a lot of time in there. Um, Now, we have a little bit of a thing we're trying to sort our way through, which is at some point, and of course we're depending on everyone else, so you guys could totally be taking advantage of us. At some point, um, to <laughs> release the uh, the uh, the infinite shout-outs that we were offering. Um, at the end of the episodes, uh, we used to read the name of all the President Circle members for the month, so we'd split that up over four episodes. It, you guys became so awesome at joining our Patreon that it became incredibly lengthy to do and at some point we might have said that we would switch it to every year we would read once at the end of the year we would read everybody's name at the end um and i feel like we didn't do that last year so we're gonna put a poll up on the patreon if you're a president circle member uh vote in the poll uh do you i guess the essentially we'll run a poll and say do you even care if your name is red or not, question mark. Okay, and then there you go. We'll weigh the yeses and the noes, and the eyes will have it. Or the and nines. then you want that a, you want that a, just a yes or a no option, right? Yay or nay, yeah. Um, I mean, it should be really like yes or nah. N a h. N a h. Yes. Nah. Or Ironically, <laughs> there were a lot of requests in the uh, in the um, uh, enterprise uh, forums <laughs> for these different polls. So I just put up two 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 other polls that were requested. One which was, "Are you an Aussie listener?" Mm. and uh, and that was uh, the options that were presented were yeah and nah. <laughs> and uh, and then someone David S had suggested that that the uh, option should be instead yeah nah or two nah yeah <laughs> so I think that'd be too confusing. Um, anywho's so get out there and vote. It's important. Head over to Patreon.com. Check for the poll and uh, give yourself a vote if you're a President Circle member. Uh, otherwise, we'll go to the Admirals Club. Uh, no, 
No. Good what luck. are we doing? Uh, should they watch this episode? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that segment. Sorry, I gave you such a curt no. I just wanted to stop it before it happened. Would you have them watch this episode? Um, all right. All right. That's not yeah. an answer. What do you mean? That's closer than you usually give. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Honestly, this is skippable. It took a long time for those horns to hit. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm changing my vote. You can't. It's locked in. All right. What are you going to do? It's been locked into the device, the lock-in device. (laughs) (laughs) Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Blink. Alrighty, this is from K. Oh, Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? <laughs> uh, well, that time the jingle sort of said it. You just leave a five star review of this podcast wherever you get your podcast from, or anywhere else, really, just as long as it's five stars. Also, I want to say thank you to the to the to the TNCers who went over to Dory's uh, new podcast, Too Much Money, and left a five star review. I appreciate it. Here's one of those. I'm way ahead of you, Matt. You don't need to. Uh, look, I'm saying thank you. You don't have to. Don't tell me. Why should you have to thank people on my behalf? You told you forwarded it to me and said we should read this on the next uh, episode. I did? And yes, and That's you incredible. and so I. Uh, for Star Trek, then this is from Dory's pod. Nice. For Star Trek: The Next Conversation. Uh, boldly going where no podcast has gone before. This Star Trek show is a warp speed joyride through quirkiness and nerdiness. <laughs> Beam me up for more intergalactic laughs. And what is her pod about? It's about... It's about people who have too much money and spend it in dumb ways. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> she has to read those. <laughs> it's so, so, so off topic. Um, here's another one from KN2660. Rediscovering my love of Star Trek. This podcast is like spending time with two nerdy friends talking about anything and everything and also Star Trek. I love TNG back in the day. Routers today. Uh, I love TNG back in the day, but didn't keep up with all the other shows that followed. This pod is making me go out and binge them all. Paramount should be giving them a commission. They sure should. It's from Gurgle13. <laughs> Down. Oh, sorry. It's Gurgi thirteen. I apologize. A little less funny. It was a little less, a little less fun. Funny. Down since day one. In caps. That is to say, upon discovering this podcast three weeks ago, I've now listened through season two. It's been incredible. Haven't been this stoked on TNG since the days of the Jordy LaForge Halloween costume my mother made me in 1991. I'm so glad I refused the blackface. Oh God. Man, uh, I hope that once I catch up to y'all, the quality production hasn't improved. I've heard your voices in my sleep, and it's disturbing. It has not improved. You're welcome. Take comfort knowing you're tied for MVC from my golden banana clipped vantage point, Jared. Um, You know, I think... I like that that's what he used for his uh, Jordy LaForge costume as a golden banana clip. Oh, yeah. As his visor. Uh, Smart. I think I'm like jealous of people that find the podcast who didn't know it existed and also like Star Trek TNG. Like that'd be fun. Just like you have, like, yeah. oh my god, 
they have so many hours ahead of them. Hundreds of that's hours. A, that's a good point. I mean... What it's, a ride it's, it's going to be, you guys. It's sort of a... You know, it's a narrowing demo of people who are who are excited about this style. Yeah. <laughs> but if you like it, sure. Then, yeah, you're set. <laughs> um, I'm also glad that you uh, you avoided that uh, that costuming choice that would that might have surfaced at some point <laughs> and really changed the direction of your life. Um, conversations worthy of song. Um, wait, who is this from? Oh, rats. All right. I'm going to have to find that later on. Conversations worthy of song. Worf. Ah, Star Trek. The next conversation. A battle of wits and a journey through the stars. Matt Myra, a true warrior with a heart full of honor, and Andrew Secunda, a skeptic yet worthy advers- a skeptical yet worthy adversary, traverse the cosmos of all things Star Trek tales. Their discourse as engaging as a Klingon duel under the moon of Kronos. Kronos. Yeah. Uh, their loyalty to the essence of the saga admirable. I find their camaraderie reminiscent of the bonds forged on the USS Enterprise. A commendation. To their endeavor, this podcast is a tribute worthy of a saga that transcends the stars. A worthy listen for any true warrior. Five out of five. Nice. That's it for the Admiral's Clubs. Great. Let's head over and do the other thing where we go into the other room and then we talk about all the things in the President's Circle. That'd be nice. Oh, wait. Uh, what are you, what's the matter? Every time I go to open a door, you're like, not, nope, we can't open that door yet. The previous uh, review is from B from DC. Okay, now we can go. Oh my God. We gotta restart the whole ship because this door is broken. It's just like your router. Ah, yes, President Circle, it's where we come to hang out with those patrons that are patrony enough to join us at the President Circle level and get themselves so much extra content. You'd think that that kid's happy he found us in Season 2. I know you President Circle members are like, wait till he finds out about the President Circle. He's going to have a thousand bajillion more hours of things to listen to. Anyway, you want extra podcasts? They're there. Uh, Voyager, Enterprise, uh, Andy and I once went through all the Marvel properties uh, up through uh, until Black Widow. We stopped before Black Widow. I guess the pandemic sort of slowed us down there. It did, but there have been an occasional request to uh, go back to it. Yes, there are requests from all you Marvel heads out there. (laughs) There's also been a contrary, like somebody just uh, had a hail that was uh, concerned for you having to go back uh, for for your brain, that it would be too much for you. (laughs) <laughs> my brain can't handle a lot lately yeah it's sort of like a, a a tray of 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 food that is like very precarious like the waiter <laughs> probably should have just gone two trips but they tried one yeah but you can't oh you're i see you're, you're talking about it from the waiter's perspective not your yes, consumption no, ability no, my brain is my brain is the tray <laughs> and it can only hold so much. It's like we're talking about food. Either of us, no matter what level of amount sure. of food they bring, we're going to demolish it. But 
Um, side note, our uh, Aussie listener to poll is uh, currently at uh, Yaz or 28%, Nas or 72%. And what that's, the fuck? That's crazy. That, it's crazy. Is that, it's that many, right? Unless the, the Aussies are just so excited that they're like, I gotta. <laughs> you gotta go vote in this. Everyone <laughs> get on. <laughs> um, okay. What the hell? Oh, okay. So we're doing the, uh, doing this. It's uh, first we're going to give out a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Um, that I award to, uh, you know, a standout hail. Whatever's tickling his fancy that week, guys. Uh, this one's from Lieutenant Ben Plavin, and uh, he requests this be read as a UPN announcer. It's Religious Zealots Month on TNC. It's true. Nice. I think we had another. What was the other one? It was Enterprise? Must have been. Yes, the Enterprise, the takeover of the Enterprise, the ship. Yeah, the Zealots. <laughs> they, yeah. they take over the ships, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. And the priority one message is proper. Oh, well, that was a breezy way to do things. I like it. Here we go. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Tom Casey, chief of runabout auditing, says, uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, so this is regarding my mis- misunderstanding a uh, uh, an emoji that was set out for me. Mm. And I, I think I read it as maybe dan- disco monkey disco. And he goes, "Oh, oh no, it's, it's." And then he has those that that uh, that thing, and he says, "I'm an awful, hum- awful human being." I thought Sekunda was going to see right through that, but he didn't. I should have known better. I'm so sorry, everyone. And it was dance, monkey dance. That was what he intended, <laughs> and I did not process it. Of course, he's I've... like, he's like the lamest cue. <laughs> that, this is what I'll get the human to do. <laughs> uh, Chris Klokner says, I've said it before, but I'm here for the day. Andy runs out of steam in a vamp. I had a big vamp in the last episode and just starts humming the girl from Ipanema like he's stuck in an elevator. In an action comedy, do you know what one met? Wait, what? Ishtar? <laughs> No. Andy runs out of steam in a vamp and just starts humming the girl from Ipanema like he's stuck in an elevator in an action comedy. Who in the middle of a big action comedy, it's two of them, are standing in an elevator and elevator music is playing. It's Blues Brothers. Oh my God. Guys, at the end. This, today's every answer is Blues Brothers. I should know this. Yeah. Um, all the SWAT guys and everybody are all racing up the building and they're in the elevator. The only Blues um, Brothers I recognize are John Goodman and Joe Morton, okay? <laughs> I forgot Joe Morton was in it. Forget about the guy. I, don't even, I ignore the kid and I ignore that uh, Ackroyd fella. <laughs> Have you ever seen Brother from Another Planet? No. No, it's real good. John Sales. Um, John Randall says, so is it just me or does it sound like Gail Strickland, Alexis, is doing a Faye Dunaway warble? I couldn't get away from it. Um, 
it didn't strike me, but it got a lot of likes. This comment, so I thought I would give it give it its due. So I guess other people felt that too. Opa Sander says, 10 years later, those kids from the end of the episode, uh, if you remember, they were they these kids <laughs> looking. Yeah, those two kids that are like, wait. I don't, we I don't, used- we're not on board with what the adults are saying to stay here without technology. They could just transport anywhere. They don't have to walk. Uh, so it says, 10 years later, those kids from the end of the episode can be found staring into the sunset on their moisture farm while wistful music plays. Also a Blues Brothers reference. Did they... <laughs> <laughs> did they get... Uh, did, they, did they use technology to farm the moisture? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a logic problem with that, with that mean, joke. They're going to need a droid that speaks bocce. So for minimally, yeah. Um, I don't remember what... What does 3PO say uh, he has experience with? Some moisture evaporators, something else? Very, very similar to very your... similar to your moisture yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, remember, if only there were some nerds around who had the answer to this question. Look, I've I'm got sure a they motivator won't. right now. So. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> The Portland Norm says, uh, spoiler for that other Ron Moore show that Matt refuses to watch, but the notion that sp- spacefaring people willingly giving up technology seems to be a theme. Has anyone checked on Ron lately? Is he living in the desert, typing his scripts on an Underwood? Um, Sean Jordan says, love the episode. I feel like the box store in the story might be a nod to Bridge on the River Kwai, but I could be wrong. Sean, I think you were correct. I think I was saying um, The Great Escape because of uh, C. McQueen as the Cooler King. But I, I think, and other people noted this too, I think it is it was more of a Bridge on the River Kwai reference because the way that even um, Cisco kind of is beaten down by it, but still remains strong is, is much more like Bridge on the River Kwai. Have you seen Bridge on the River Kwai, Matt? Mm-hmm. Mark Mitchell says, do you like it? Mm-hmm. Mark Mitchell says, when you two started to talk about the instruments for the fanfare, my mind went, let's talk about oboes and horns. I'm not sure. I mean... Those are the only two instruments anyone needs in fanfare. Marcus Erlinson says the box was a torture device. It's basically a solar oven. One day in that thing would be brutal. You'd be so badly dehydrated. It's not just the isolation. So I think this is in response to my going, come on, is it that bad in there? Is this a box? And you're right. I forgot about the I forgot about the the heat that would be generating in there. <laughs> the crippling heat confused you? I wonder if that's why Steve McQueen did better in the box because it was in like whatever Germany or something. Yeah, he loved the heat. (laughs) He's he's basically a heat miser in that movie. Oh, he's freezing. Great. (laughs) It's like a sauna. Uh, Our statistician Tristan Luth Robbins says. This is one of those 6 out of 10 episodes, which I think only DS9 can pull off, where on appearances it should be a chore, but there's enough 
to the characters to make it enjoyable and bear rewatches. We're still yet to see Cisco fully formed as a character, but the development of O'Brien in the second half of this season is really enjoyable. Um, and then Dick Warlock, winner of the Chris Pike Medal of Valor, but it was awarded to Nathan Haney, who is a totally fraudulent person. Uh adds to that i think this is spot on there are so many just barely above good episodes of ds9 that are elevated by your investment in the characters and that's a real credit to this show how do you feel about that matt i mean i'm trying i'm actually trying to picture this plot with picard and well, I mean, I guess we could throw O'Brien in there. Picard and O'Brien. How does Picard handle it? It was kind of mentioned. Um, or wait, am I thinking of a different thing? God darn it. Let me see if it's mentioned. You do too many podcasts now. Uh, no, this was about a different thing. I found it, by the way. Okay. His first job was programming binary load lifters. Mm. C-3PO. That's what he programmed. That is great. Similar great sci-fi gobbledygook. In most respects. <laughs> <laughs> then he says, can you speak Bocce? How did this guy get... God, how charming were those movies that he got the average Joe to be like, yeah, I'll sit here and listen to that kind of thing. <laughs> Binary load lifters, honey. It's great. Binary load lifters, and they were on board. America was on, the world was on board. Um, okay, probably. Ah, oh, shit! I just oh sorry. You ruined everything. I can't I believe everything. it. I need a fucking protocol droid in here. <laughs> Hard. Uh, no. Should we uh, should we pause everything and take another break for a couple four maybe five hours? Pick uh, things back mind. up at, at three a.m. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna keep moving. Uh, sorry, everyone. Sorry of all the podcasts and all of Patreon and all the wa- world wide web. The ultimate trekker had to listen to this one. Uh, hails us. How much is it? Is a candle worth? Is the candle worth? This is not a... Ca- so the guy stole the candle and got stuck in the box. Sure. This is not a capitalist society with a person making candles and selling them out of their shop. Everyone in the community works based on their abilities for the entire community. There are farmers, cooks, hunters, butchers, bakers, and yes, candlestick makers. So I ask again, how much is a candle worth? Worth? And then Eric Peebles responds... One box day. That kind of talk gets you put in the box. That's right. Am I crazy? I mean, it's very clear. It's one box day. <laughs> so two candles would be two box days. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, or if it's a really a big candle, it might be a box day and a half. Yeah. I also wonder if the scent um, mm, you think has anything doing scented candles? affects anything. Yeah. Mm, I was thinking. I mean, I would hope so. I hope, they they, I hope the guy's just not. I think they're purely for light. As a matter of fact, David Oni Rall has a, a, a comment on this. Uh, he says, uh, it's worth 24 hours in the box, clearly, agreeing with Matt. Probably only like four hours for birthday or Hanukkah candles, though. <laughs> Must have been a big scented one or something. So there you go. 
those Hanukkah candles are gone. Uh, Greg, the results are in. You are Mott the Barber also adds to this discussion. If you don't nip it in the bud, it'll be one of our fake books next. Then a woolly sweater. Then a door. Oh, wait. Someone already stole those. And hold on. If she don't believe in doors, how come there's one on the cooler box? That's a really good point. How do they close the box? That's so true. Um, David Oni Rall also uh, has a quote from from possibly a white writer working on the show. Uh, hey, you don't think it makes for some racially charged optics having this angry white woman kidnap a black man into servitude, then punish him by imprisoning him in a box? I mean, we just had her warn him about how it gets hot in the fields. Uh, other white writer... Uh, nah, I'll just change the space cotton fields to space bamboo fields. There, fixed it. Um, these are valid points. Uh, Dave also says, uh, I'd also have loved to see her continue the run at the end, just spitting out increasingly <laughs> awkward predictions about how each person would have ended up. Steven, you probably would have been in prison by now. Beth, you'd be selling your body for money. Eric, your wife would have found someone better, and you'd still be trying to write that novel. <laughs> she does attack everyone. Why is everyone following this terrible person? Um, Because ultimately life's better in the box. <laughs> they're trying to get into the box, I yeah. see. <laughs> Gotta get into that, that sauna. The only, way, the, only way uh, away, the only way to get away from her is to get in the box. <laughs> That's the only safe place. Yes. Lieutenant Cam, Pike Metal alumni, says uh, Australian accent guide, very on topic, for Andy, and pretty much really only Andy, three kinds. Broad, which we call strine. Uh, the word Australian sounds like strine when pre- pronounced with this accent. Uh, Australian. Mm, must be doing that wrong. Yeah. Characterized with long vowels. Um, this is an Australian guy. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, characterized with long vowels, slurring of words, dropping of certain sounds, and so on. Paul Logan speaks with this accent. I don't think they dropped their H's. That was wrong. Uh, it's probably close to the stereotypical accent. Hogan, of course, puts it on. He was a middle-class kid from Sydney, but his whole career hinged on being stereotypical and exaggerated, as well as evading taxes. I think mostly this accent is an affectation most people do it when they're trying to be extra Aussie in much of the same way. There aren't many who speak with a very sick, very thick southern drawl, but plenty of southerners, oh, this is longer than I thought it was going to be, will <laughs> fake one when they're trying to make fun. When it's found in nature, it's usually in more rural areas and in the deep north, Queensland, and deep south, Tasmania, regular which is the basic standard accent. Uh, it's just closer to English than the Strine accent, but overseas listeners would find, sound very Australian. This is Hugh Jackman's accent. Most of us sound like that. So Most some of us small, like that. <laughs> some small. But does he mean just mean sort of closer to British or in our minds British? No, I think it just means as close. To Hugh Jackman's accent. I mean, that's what he's saying, which I don't... I guess Hugh Jackman when he's Australianing it up. Some small regional variations. Voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I think there's no moment when 
when Hugh Jackman isn't making some performance decision, oh, <laughs> even in his regular life. Yeah. <laughs> a showman like that, he was the greatest showman. Uh, some small regional variations, but most of our regional dialect is about words and not sounds. Then there's the cultivated accents, even more English, sounds posh, and is quite common in Adelaide, regardless of social class. You find it everywhere. It's not always an epiclass accent, but often is, and it's also something people affect. This is Kate Blanchett's accent. Then there's mine, which is a blend of all three for some reason. Thank you, Lieutenant Cam. All right. I assume that you voted in our poll. If you haven't, Thanks then it's going to make you even more. Thanks for forcing us to go through all of that with Andy. Thank you. Uh, ben Plavin, who was our Pike Medal Valor winner, also said, This woman is contemptible. She should be charged with the murder of every person who died. I think the act- actress does a great job. Her performance was so on the nose, it makes it hard for us to believe anyone would follow this conceited gas bag across the quadrant. Gas bag. Wait, scratch that last part. Trump is still leading in the polls, so what do I know? BTW, they don't tell us, but poor Meg died from an unfortunate combination of polio consumption and a scraped knee. <laughs> um, and then Greg adds to uh, to his Trump comment, uh, remember, good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan Ekmalian says, my only real problem with this episode is that Cisco and O'Brien stayed in the village. Not once did they uh, agree to be a part of the cult. Nothing was keeping them there. <laughs> I think they just were so they were so enamored with the uh, engineer of the crash ship. You know, he was such a nice guy. <laughs> I think the engineer was the last one to cave. Yeah, the, the, it's a very uh, well. I guess they leave it vague at the end, but they, they double back a, a second later. She's a monster and she's so anti-technology that she manipulated and lied to all these people and trapped mm-hmm. them on this planet. The people, yeah. the rest of the people are so into it that even after she was revealed to be a monster, they're still like, yeah, but it's still been pretty good, even though they put people in the box. So then the the, the, the episode seems to be saying... Yeah, but some this is good for some people. But then it ends with the kids looking like, what? What's happening? What, are you really leaving us here? Yes, we want to watch TV. So, say you have your cake and eat it too, baby. Yeah, we're not going to say anything. We're going to say everything <laughs> would, uh, and nothing. I would guess that the episodes, this Star Trek episode's main perspective is, yeah, but we should have technology. I mean, look, she has um, technology to beam aboard the runabout. And punch it's in true. coordinates and send it off into, you know, poorly into a star. Yeah, if she maybe she was a little more up on technology, then well, if she, she was, if she actually, better. if she actually practiced what she preached, she wouldn't have technology. She wouldn't be using yeah, technology true. to beam up to the fucking ship. She wouldn't be yeah. using technology to make sure technology doesn't work. It's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. There is a technological aspect that is keeping them from technology. But I guess her main thought is like, well, if you remove technology, then man becomes his, the the greatest, men and women become their greatest, the versions of themselves. Which is, Fox you know, I'm sure there's some, some validity. 
We'll use more of our brains, I'm sure, as phones probably illustrate. Zindiana Jones and the Kazon Fanfare hails us. Zindiana, spelled Zindi. Very funny. Uh, the reason Jedzia... Uh, Jedzia? Jedzia. It's Jedzia, right? <laughs> Referred it as... How do the Australians pronounce it's like it? like he's vamping. Uh, Reverse, yes. <laughs> My vamping now will happen in little pieces throughout the podcast. Uh, refer to it as the Old West as opposed to the Ancient West. Um, the reason she referred to it that way is that the Dax symbiont was born in 2018 per memory alpha. Crazy! Society probably hasn't evolved from calling it Old to ancient by the time Dax became familiar with two humans. Also, I'm sure old and ancient mean different things to the Trills whose life spans hundreds of years. And then Brian Hellman adds to that, no one is asking what Old West are you talking about, considering it was two non-Terrans discussing the subject. Good good question. Observation, not a question. Good observation. Frederick Rombouts says, Matt, did Mary make you take up trombone because of Riker in the same way as she made your dad grow a beard beard? because of him? Mm, Good question. Uh, No. I took up trombone because Nicole Roger, who uh, I was like in love with at the time, fourth, fifth grade. She was the, she played trombone. She was the only other trombone player. So you wanted to like have so have conversational like, I'll topics get in there, and then you yeah. know it'll be great. We'll be playing trombone together, and we'll have to. T- uh-huh. She quit a week later, and then I was oh, stuck no. as the only trombone player. Oh no! And then you yeah. couldn't quit. She's like, oh, finally, someone's like, relieved I gotta, me. I gotta of- hold up this brass. I gotta be the brass section now. I gotta be the trombone. And she was like, someone's relieved me of this terrible responsibility yes, of being the lone <laughs> trombone. Finally, freedom. <laughs> Never made it happen. Never got anywhere with her. And it was <laughs> no. no. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was Chris. This great <laughs> Matt needs a girlfriend. Chris G says something I'm really surprised at rewatching these DS9s is how rarely they go through the wormhole or deal with the gamma quadrant, planets, etc. It feels like it's so underused. Like, isn't the unique point of the show the wormhole to a new quadrant? Uh, it'd be like Stargate SG-1 only going off-world a few times a season. I thought this was a fantastic point and one that I sort of was, was playing on the back of my brain. And I think I only processed it more in the sense of like, and I may have even said this, that I don't like that the people coming through the wormhole seem to be kind of similar to the people in this quadrant, in the Alpha Quadrant. Like... There are a little. There are a few things that are different, but it should be like if it's that far away and you've never had any contact, shouldn't these be wildly different alien species and types of people? I mean, that's more my issue. And then he's going further the, and saying Voyager. I mean, you know. Well, yes, that is the that, that's my problem. That was my problem with Voyager originally. That's why I tuned out and only came back in when. Uh, when an, uh, an element that interested me was added, which we don't have to discuss. <laughs> Harrison Balan's relationship. We get it. Oh, That's 
right. I was there. It's more than I wanted. I wanted to find out what happened in Paris and Bologna. Um, You'd been shipping, but yeah, but I. (laughs) This is taking too long. (laughs) But I, but I really think that yeah. Why aren't they going through the through the wormhole more? Why aren't they doing more crazy things? Maybe it happens later. Does it happen later? Spoiler. I mean, they go through the wormhole. Certainly, there's more. There's more wormhole action to come. Okay, great. Wormhole action <laughs> seems offensive somehow. Uh, David S., the homework stealing Vulcan, that's like Strike Zone, says, I hope Starfleet stuck around for a few days or would swing by that planet occasionally just in case any of those colonists changed their mind. It would really suck if their only window to get off that planet and escape that Alexis cult was when Cisco and O'Brien beamed up. Also, there's no way that one runabout could take that many people back down to DS9 in one trip, unless it has TARDIS technology they've never told us or about or shown. I mean, they just... They, they, first of all, there didn't seem to be that many people in the first uh-huh. place. And right. second of all, you know, there's plenty of room. You stand around that dining room table... Yeah. Plenty of bunks. There's like eight bunk beds. You're good to go. You can set you can get there. Yeah. Um let's see. I think that's it. You would think that. You stupid mother what? Um, we have a couple of voice hails to listen to, but we have to step out in the corridor to hear them. Okie dokie. Let's go. Matt Mandy. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. After yes. dark, just a, more quiet. Um, poor baby. <laughs> I got I two voice sales in there. You can play them in whatever order you want. But you should play one first. Hey, Matt and Andy. Uh, I- Wait, what? That was just joking. I was just saying you should Joke play one of them first. Here at this time of night? <laughs> You're right. I apologize. I just had a question. I was thinking about um, cause and effect and wondering, when the time loop starts over again, does it start over again from the point where our our characters are uh, having deja vu and realizing they're stuck in a time loop? Or is it completely resetting and they're going through their entire lives and we're just picking up at that point for convenience sake? <laughs> that was all. Curious in your opinion. Uh, uh, disengage! Interesting we're getting a cause and effect voice hail uh, during the second season of Deep Space Nine, <laughs> but uh, it would repeat to the point where they entered, where the ship came into contact with the temporal anomaly. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't. Have, they would have to live. Luckily, not have to relive their whole lives. They just had to relive. Uh, you know. I guess he was thinking it's a it's a parallel universe where they go back to the beginning. But yeah, that seems reasonable. Um. Yeah. I don't know. They sent in a voicemail. Thought I'd play it. Hey. I'm off uh, what's the other one? The other one might be off topic too. Great. Uh, hey guys, Joe from South Dakota here. 
Um, I think it's the Prime Corrective. It's not you guys, but... With- Hang on, Joe. You can't just drop a Prime Corrective on me without right. the sound getting played. It's ridiculous. Andy, you're supposed to vet these and let me know when Prime Correctives are coming. He said he thinks it was. He wasn't sure. Uh, hey, guys, Joe from South Dakota here. Um, I think it's the Prime Corrective. It's not you guys, but with that, uh, with the with the thing you were talking about, how this is where the Maquis take and uh, capture a Dreadnought missile and reprogram it. <clears throat> Either Memory Beta, where you got it from, has their, has their timing wrong, or the writers just didn't think about it when they were writing that episode of Voyager. The Maquis haven't been created yet. That's not a thing in Star Trek at this time in DS9. There is no Maquis. They don't exist. So how could they have done this when they don't exist? Mm. I don't know. But plot hole. That, that, that one is a, a bad plot hole from somewhere. All right. Okay. I think the Maquis... Uh, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't think exist. We haven't. They haven't been introduced to the audience yet. Like we're not there for their fucking articles of incorporation. Like <laughs> when, at this point, when they finally show up on D Space Nine. So we're not in the seventh season of TNG yet. No. Yeah. No, we're just concurrent with the sixth. Okay. Whatever, I don't know. Um, look, it depends on which way mother- you look at it, Joe from South Dakota. I mean, if you're looking at a purely linear time is in a linear line, then yeah, sure, what you're saying absolutely makes sense. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, hang on, this is okay. This this he's right, actually. <laughs> Oh. Because it looks like the Borg were founded. I mean, the Borg. God. The Maquis were founded, founded. in 2370. Uh-huh. Oh, but in 2370, uh, D Space Nine. Season two is the start of 2370. So they are formed in the same year as season two of of DS9. So one of the first things they could have done was reprogram the Dreadnought missile. Technically, according to the timelines of Memory Alpha. She's saying it's possible. I'm saying it's possible. All right. Um, some couple of other prime correctives. Minor prime corrective: the, the yawn sound effect is clarinets. Um, Are you shitting me? An oboe snippet has an even reader, readier, thinner sound, less hollow than a clarinet. He had some examples. Uh, this clarinet for comparison. Technically, Matt had it right. Then switch to oboe. First answer, best answer. And then I don't know if that's the case. 
Where does Riker empty a spit valve? Said the failed instrument identification of Matt's yawn sound made by little band director Hart Cry. <laughs> Guys, get out of here. Um. <laughs> All right. It's not as low as an oboe. Whatever. I can send you examples if you want, but. I don't need um, examples. They're in my head. Uh, here's me screwing up. There were a couple of hails f- from the priority one messages that I moved to the wrong place, so I'm reading them here. Um, or unless you want to go back in there, but I feel like they're fine read out in the corridor. Sure, yeah, we can read that in the corridor. People passing will know what we're doing. Because we're light on hails this week anyway. Tom Bond, regular hails, enlisted men hails. Tom Bondurant says, what? Too bad Chakotay. I, so I can't believe that. Too bad Chakotay wasn't part of Elixis's cult. That's the kind of planet where a guy could really settle down and build a lot of nice wooden bathtubs. Oh, so many. (laughs) So many. He was really, he would have gotten along great with her. Been part of the community. He's always into the community thing. Even if it's just a bunch of people enlisting child soldiers. Matthew Koch said... uh, I was regarding my long-ass vamp. Andy, you've earned your PhD in vamping. And we now should refer to you as Dr. Acula. <laughs> now, Matt, mm-hmm. I got the wordplay. It hurt my brain to figure it out. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, which is which is Dracula. Dracula. Yes, of course. <laughs> so then my question is... reading it. He wrote it. Oh, it's the vamp. It? It's... Vamping. Yes, That's the reason. Yes. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. That was the part that I was like, did well, he, okay, did so I understand Dracula. D, did he write he it DR period? Acula? Correct. Yes. Yes. Oh, and it still took your brain a little while. I think that part I got faster, and then I couldn't figure out why it was Dracula. <laughs> that was the part that I was just like, wait, why is it? Gotcha. Dracula doesn't talk that much. He doesn't. I'm like, oh, vamping. <laughs> Um, not not too fast on the up up to up on the uh, <laughs> words. It's late. Here we go. Uh, screw all you. It's eleven thirty. Um, Harry Romero says, "Why is it every time these people need to go down to a mysterious, unscannable planet, they don't just call headquarters and be like, hey guys, we're going down to this mysterious, unscannable planet. If we aren't back in a couple of hours, come find us.'" True. And lastly, it does make Orn Poldorf's protocol is concerned. No, Orn no, Poldorf says they could. They should also send out. I'm sure this has got to be some kind of like if oh we're too far out, send some kind of buoy or something back to you know have there be a record. Send one of the big dongs out. But they didn't anticipate there being a problem. I guess. Nonetheless, the protocol should say that they let people know where they're going. Orrin Paldorf says, here's a question, though you could say that about most questions. When did Starfleet start allowing the less formal, more navyish jumpsuit uniforms as seen on DS9 Voyager? I suspect that the jumpsuits were regulation compliant since the two-piece season three to seven uniforms showed up on TNG, but that we never saw anyone on Enterprise wearing them until Star Trek Generations because Jean-Luc Picard was such a stone-cold hard-ass about protocol being in command of the flagship and all. 
As we saw, though, good old JL lightened up at approximately the same time that his All Good Things trials were reserved. Well, sorry, were resolved. And so, by the time we caught up with the crew of the D about a year later, the black jumpers were commonplace, even aboard Captain Picard's precious ship. I mean, I, I, I like the I like the headcanon as to why the uniform wasn't adopted by TNG. It's great. I mean, we all know the real answer is cash. You couldn't afford all the costumes, but that's cool. That's a great sort of it's a great headcanon. I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm with it. I'm in. I'll take it. Um. The irony, if of you like, send to hell when they get the the movie uniforms of first contact, the yeah. grays. They Ow. built it into the budget for DS Nine, and DS Nine got those same uniforms that they had in the movies. Well, that's smart budgeting. Yeah, I mean that's 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 my favorite thing about people DS9. saving money. Oh. Ironically, the episode where the uniforms change is called "For the Uniform." And it has nothing to do with the uniforms. Isn't that wild? That is wild. That's pretty ironic. All right. If you'd like to send your wild thoughts in, send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can uh, send a tweet or an Instagram to my co-host at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. What's that? I was my... saying, that's me. Oh, yes. And then right. I was yes. dumping you for yours. Oh, great. Uh, our Instagram, Instagram, Twitter account, and TikTok uh, with some newer stuff is at Star Trek TNC. Uh, we continue to get up to date. I hope people are checking, in, checking out our Instagram. Um, and if you'd like to send a voice hail, please do. Uh, eight one six Trek TNC. That's it for the hails. Okie dokie. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode is Shadow Play, which uh, aired the 20th of February, 1994. Andy, what's happening? Do we do? Yes. I know we discussed Power of Love, so we must have played the Celine Dion version. Did we do Without You by Mariah Carey? Because then there's also Loser by Beck. I don't think we've done Loser by Beck yet. I mean, I think we've done it all, you know? All right. All right. Well, then it's dealer's choice. Matt's choice. There's also cut and move in Australia. Australia, even though you're 28% of our audience, no. (laughs) She ruined a generation of singers. By being good? Oh, I see, by her stylistically. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. She's fantastically talented and an incredible singer. I mean, it's a, do that style. it's obvious. Um, the uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's cliche to say that it's like ever present. I feel like this year it's been 
even more ever. It's like constant everywhere. I haven't heard the song once this year. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I heard it Maybe the day it after Thanksgiving though. in a Five Guys um, burger place. And uh, I had, a, I think, a banana chocolate shake, and it was delicious. Um, I'm surprised that was an option. Okay, so those are the songs. The number one movie is on Deadly Ground. Uh, the uh, number one... Sorry, the births that week were actress Dakota Fanning, rapper Earl Sweatshirt, deaths that week singer Dinah Shore, and oh. Time Magazine cover, the Winter Olympics. Um... The 94 Winter Olympics. That's the Nancy Kerrigan year, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, that sounds right. I believe so. That's the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan. I watched all those. I was very into it. Michelle Kwan also, right? Yeah. Katarina Witt also. Guys, my knowledge of figure skaters. That's impressive. Impressively deep. Yeah. And that's, that's the one that was one. Nancy's from Stone of Massachusetts. That's where I was born. Oh, you must have been really disappointed when Oksana Bayul Ugh, beat her. Don't even say that. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> she was so pissed off after everything she'd been through. Um, I never saw the Tanya Harding movie. That oh, it was real good. Recently. Question mark, question mark? With Margot Robbie? Was she in that? Yep. Yeah, she is. She's Tanya. She did, did, did she do the scene where the, she cries because her shoelaces are, can't be tied or something? <laughs> That's a great question. I think if they have it, it's like in montage. I don't mm. think they spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, but I remember audience. watching that. How dramatic. How crazy. It was quite a time. I mean, imagine like having to... Like, you know what happened. You know what your 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 husband did and you have to skate on the same team in the Olympics as the person who you tried to have yeah. crippled. Like it's crazy. I mean, think about how hard uh, it was on her, you know? Uh, yeah. But wasn't she kind of like, I'm not saying, wasn't she sort of like, she was like, Hey, do what you got to do. Isn't that her general take on everything oh i have no idea <laughs> i don't know the specifics of it which is as far as i can tell uh she and those involved her uh you know i think it was definitely all, sure i think definitely it's it's reasonable that she was she was someone who was abused in various ways throughout her life so mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can have more sympathy Figure skating's hard that's true i mean i think just domestic situations well, uh, from her husband and, and then, otherwise. out on the ice, you know? The, you're just... <laughs> what are you saying? It's, just, it's hard to be you're an ice skater? Yourself, you know? It's like... <laughs> oh, well, that is true. That is true. But that they were all going through that. Oh, yes. Tough. No one did it better than uh, Oksana Bayul, though. Apparently. Um... What's Katarina happening? Vitt. What is this show about? Very attractive individual. Huh? Um, this is... Uh, we're doing Elsewhere in Track now. Oh, you said that just in case she hears this, she can write in. 
Yeah, I think yeah. If you're available, I don't know what your your Internet, your situation is relationship wise. <laughs> if you're still living in Germany, but you know, Andy can commute. I'm happy um, to commute. Most of my work is on Zoom these days. This elsewhere in Trek. Elsewhere in Trek. I was gonna say this week in Trek, but that's not the name of the segment, is it? Uh, no, we already did this week in Trek. We did. That is what we just did. In track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody, by the way. Hope everybody had nice holidays. I guess they're not over yet. Um... If you had been waiting for Star Trek to go on, to go full on tripping balls with some elder gods, TNG finally came through for you on February 21st with masks since Belana Torres came up last time and Matt wondered about the other Voyager characters. Here's a quick rundown. Matt was correct that Harry Kim was still in Starfleet Academy preparing to graduate. Ooh, this is fun. Chakotay was already in the Maquis since he recruited Torres and Tuvok hadn't yet gone undercover in Chakotay's group. Meanwhile, Tom Paris was probably in prison or at least on his way there. Voyager itself was under construction and I'm not sure about Janeway's rank or posting during this time. Oh, that's interesting. A little, little black hole of uh, Janeway lore. Let's fill it in, memory beta. Maybe a science officer still somewhere. I don't think you go nah, science probably a officer captain at this captain point. by that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you just... She's got to be somebody's first officer. I guess you can be first officer, first officer and science officer, like Spock. That's what, I guess Spock, you can yeah. do that. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like by the time you get to the TNG era of Starfleet, the role of a first officer is much more specialized, you know? Mm. So that in and of itself is the specialty, even from the command division. You're not running around as the science officer or the engineer. You're the first officer. That's your job. All right. I'm not going to fight you on it. Spock sucks. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Real hot take. (laughs) Uh, We're done. We can start talking about the episode whenever you see fit. Spock sucks, everybody. Hot takes. (laughs) I don't don't really want to run this. He's a pretty good science officer and a pretty good first officer, but he ain't great at either. You don't think he's a great science officer? Spreading himself too thin. He had to worry about duty oh. rosters. You know what I mean? Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is Shadow like he was... Play. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna argue I think where Spock is mostly useful in the same way that Kirk is mostly useful is in um is in landing parties. I think mm. that they are they're they're great at like getting their way out of fixes. Sure. Yeah. Matt yawning. This is Shadowplay. Was written by Robert Hewitt Wolf and directed by Robert, my friend, Shearer. Which Robert Shearer? Robert Hewitt Wolf. No, Robert Hewitt Wolf. Oh yeah, Wolfie. Wolfie. Hey, Wolfie. My best friend. I'm sure he listens to every episode. Did you? I mean, is this the first time in the history of Star Trek that uh, it's been a double Bob? Two Roberts. Robert Wolf. Robert Shear, mm, think about it. I mean, maybe the only two, but I, I assume Bob. that. 
Bobby Wolfie. Colony in the Gamma Quadrant. Dax and Otto investigate the mysterious disappearance of several colonists. Stardate 47603.3. Commander Sisko has assigned me to investigate an unusual particle field detected on the other side of the wormhole. Odo has come along to the Gamma Quadrant hoping to find clues to his origin. So you see... That's like a real, like... I see the scene developing in ops. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm detecting some interesting readings in there. And, like, Cisco's kind of like, I really, really I want to go home and set Jake up with this whole Chief O'Brien thing. I'm kind of... You know what I'm going to do? Hey, Dax, why don't you take a runabout? And go investigate right. that and bring Odo. And then, you know, once she clears out, he's like, ah, I guess, you know, uh, Kira, I'm going to I'm gonna head out too. <laughs> so, he's winding so the day down. He's just winding the day down. He's, he's sending her to sort of soften the ground for him to leave? <laughs> yes, or he's sending her exactly home right. because he doesn't want Dax to see him leaving early? It's both. It's a double. It works. Yeah, it's both. It works. Yeah. It works double. You know. All right. Signed me All to right. investigate an unusual particle field detected on the other side of the wormhole. Odo has come along to the Gamma Quadrant, hoping to find clues to his origin. So you see, Ensign Man Waring has spent the last two weeks avoiding the assay office because he thought that Freyla was in love with Lieutenant Strake, but all the while Strake was seeing Security Officer Seely, and Freyla was waiting for Man Waring to ask her out. Officer Seely has seemed distracted at work lately. I'm going to have to talk to her about this when we get back to the station. Odo, I didn't tell you that story to get Celia in trouble. Frankly, Lieutenant, I fail to see any point in your story at all, except perhaps to illustrate the foolish humanoid preoccupation with romantic coupling. The point is that sometimes we don't see true love even when it's staring us right in the face. How fascinating. Let me give you another example. You know Lycia Arlen? The Bolian woman who runs the Jumjar kiosk. I've noticed she's been making a lot of visits to the security office lately. She has a cousin who's interested in a career in law enforcement. You don't say. What <laughs> a terrible excuse. Are you implying <laughs> that Lycia Arlen is interested in me? <laughs> Ridiculous. I would have noticed. Exactly my point. You must be mistaken. And how can you be so sure? Because women don't react. The lady are there. wonder what she really said. Yeah. Get the script. <laughs> <laughs> to me in that manner. Are you saying that you've never had a female friend? I consider Major Kira a friend. That's not what I meant. I'm talking about an intimate friendship. That's a very personal Dude. question. It is a personal question. I love how much Dax loves getting the dirt. Like, what a gossip she is. It's very... And I wonder if that is the symbiont or if that is uh, Jetzia. I don't know why they didn't call it the Bone Zone. It would have been... Would have been nice. What was the other thing we just said? What was the wormhole version? What was the Uh, wormhole wormhole version? Complications? I don't remember. What was it? I don't remember either. Wormhole hot hot wormhole action. (laughs) Hot wormhole action. I'm sorry, but after seven lifetimes, the impersonal questions aren't much fun anymore. 
Looks like we found our particle field. They're Omicron particles. Is that unusual? Omicron particles are incredibly rare. They can only be created by certain types of matter-antimatter reactions. The field seems to be coming from the second planet in the system. Let's go in a little closer. What an excuse for plot. You're telling me Deep Space Nine detected the fucking readings coming from this guy's battery that's powering his holodeck? Apparently. Um, Sensors are better than we thought. And I think we saw Omicron particles in Enterprise and Voyager. So I don't know how rare they are. (laughs) The interference seems to be coming from here. I think they're not rare among intelligent species, but they're rare to find randomly in space, you know. I see. This must be the source of the field. It's probably some kind of matter antimatter reactor. Do you wonder why the old man doesn't immediately tell them what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know, whatever. Take all the time you want. <laughs> Surprised, you know, Dad like, just beam it to the ship like she did that last thing. Yeah, seriously, that is her standard thing. I don't know what this is. Let's bring it up. What could go wrong? Uh, I like that... Uh, I like that Odo sees it coming and then he's just beleaguered at the tactical mistake. Um, although in the series, he's constantly making tactical mistakes, in my opinion. Um, I like that that is sort of starting to be built into the, his character that is like he sees, saw this problem coming and then it happened. And he's just like, never mind. story <laughs> yeah it's about time enter where have you been i've been waiting out enter major uh i'm sorry we're closed you'll have to come back in the morning oh i didn't come here for a drink i thought you'd like to know your cousin kono just tried to come aboard the station kono here unexpected pleasure he's gone quark when we tried to talk to him he beamed onto a departing telluride freighter there must be some mistake why would kono be coming here i was wondering the same thing myself so i did a little checking your cousin's wanted for robbing a museum on cardassia 5 my guess is he thought someone here would help him sell the merchandise outrageous you have no proof of that quark get this into that little twisted brain of yours if you thought you were going to get away with anything while odo's gone think again I'm watching you. Major. You make it sound like you don't like me. Don't like you? (laughs) You collaborated with the Cardassians. You cheat your customers, and you're a danger to this station. I don't just not like you. I despise you. Sorry I mentioned it. I feel like uh, it's almost like they're setting them up for a will they or won't they. This <laughs> is my vibe from watching that scene. Sure. I don't, 
I don't just not like you. I despise you. And he's kind of being almost like, oh, well. I mean, that's a pretty strong emotion, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is, that's the way Dave and Maddie started. All right, uh, I'll talk to Naga and see if he can get me a job at Quarks. Quarks? I was thinking more along the lines of you helping out Chief O'Brien. Chief O'Brien? <laughs> you do like Chief O'Brien, don't you? He's okay, but I don't know anything about engineering. This is the perfect opportunity to learn. Besides, it'll look great on your application to Starfleet Academy. <laughs> Presenting that like it's such a big thing. Okay, I'll give you have. I don't know if you've heard of this, son, but there's a place called Starfleet Academy. Um, San Francisco. <laughs> right under the Golden Gate Bridge. Um. Uh, it doesn't sound like when he's saying Chief O'Brien. It doesn't sound like his main issue is the engineering. It sounds like his main issue is Chief O'Brien. Well, last reason. time he got help from Chief O'Brien, turned out that turned Chief out O'Brien he was, was a, a horrible clone. clone. Yep, just a dirty little gross clone. Yeah, that poor clone. Are we being accused of some kind of crime? Have you committed one? We've just arrived here. So you keep saying? If you want, you can check our ship's logs and they'll prove it to you. Logs can be tampered with. Well, you ought to know that. After all, you claim to be a security officer. I am a security officer and I've had enough of this. If we were guilty, we wouldn't even be here right now. I'll prove it. Computer one to beam up. <laughs> Which Dax got shot. And then he came back out. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I really played that wrong. Don't worry. He'll be right back. What did I tell you? Now, that's interesting, you disappearing like that, because I've got 22 people who've disappeared without a trace. 22 missing people? Did they all disappear at the same time? No, it started in the fall. But the last victim vanished six hours ago. Six hours ago? We weren't even in the system. If you want, you can accompany us back to our station and they will verify everything we've told you. <sighs> Do you have any <laughs> other suspects? You are my only ones. I'm not saying everybody here is perfect. We have some petty thefts and occasional fight, but kidnapping, murder. No, no. We've never had anything like that before. We got a big box up in the town square. Everyone gets in it. <laughs> Did you want to... Do you want to beam that somewhere? Wait, you know, like, in that scene, right after this... grow out of my head, you know. <laughs> First of all, this is uh, uh, Kenneth Mars playing Protector Coleus. Um who is Inspector Kemp in Young Frankenstein. These are Secundus claims to fame. Franz Liebkind in The Producers. And uh, for you Little Mermaid fans, he was also King, King Triton's voice. A million. Secundus claim to fame. I know him from something big. <laughs> um, but uh, here's my thing. Uh... He goes, uh, uh, Odo beams out and 
Protector Coleus reacts like it's he's like a like a primitive tribesman, you know, seeing a coke bottle. He's like, uh, where did he? What happened? Where did he go? Looking all around. Then Odo in the scene afterwards says, "Have you scanned the area for signs of transport or activity?" And he goes, first thing I tried." So he knows what a transporter is. Why is he reacting with such shock? Because he installed transport inhibitors last week. <laughs> is that what it is? The it's guy the, who sold it to the him. Secret thing is yeah. a little, you know, shady. So he's like, "I oh, was bunk." This is all so bunk. I don't know if it's just. Kenneth Mars not maybe knowing what a transporter is, or if it's, it's all written shale. It's shale. Really do, doesn't add up. Guy's acting like a real Kenneth Triton, King Triton. Cell, I'm satisfied they have nothing to do with the disappearances. In fact, Odo here is a security officer. He's going to and try he's to on the case. How do you plan to do that? I understand your daughter is the latest victim. When was the last time you saw her? This morning at first meal. But Taya said she saw her later in her workroom around midday. Taya, my granddaughter. So, Coleus, Anetra's gone just like This is the only real guy. Yes. And one thing that strikes me is so did he decide they're all going to wear these stupid hats and beads? It's like this is what our culture is. I invented it. Oh, I assume that this just is carried over from his home planet. I see, I see. I'd like to, I'd like to think that he sets it better. all up. He creates the weird religion. He creates the hats. He's, you know. He's got a sketchbook think... of what the outfits could look like. <laughs> what if we're all kind of dressed like Guinan, but also not? It would be funnier. I guess, I guess he is playing out his own weird role play where he's like the grandfatherly patriarch of the whole thing. But it'd be funny if there was like weirder dynamics of just like we must all say, you know, good morn to the patriarch by tapping our head three times. He just it was uh I'm trying to think of what that everyone vaguely had to act like out there in a Marx Brothers film. <laughs> right. or like a, or it's like or it's more like the stonecutters everyone's in a secret society he's got them all doing weird handshakes behind their back and stuff he just wants you to every time questions. they say hello they go hello 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 <laughs> not if you don't want to i know that's not mark's brothers but it would help if i could talk to you about your mother's disappearance she hasn't disappeared what about my best friend on the Enterprise? Can I tell you about her? What? <laughs> this girl got a like a like a predator claw on her head. I'm sure this guy designed that. She's no, a big fan of Predator. <laughs> I love the Earth movie Predator, so obviously. <laughs> Chief, here's the new apprentice we discussed. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard. Chief O'Brien? We already discussed this, Jake. Well, let's get to work. I was just about to run a diagnostic on the primary system core. Mr. Cisco. I almost forgot. For you. Thanks, Dad. It's standard equipment for all station personnel. 
couldn't it be special, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was just for me. No, I, I'd give it to any passerby that was working on this level. <laughs> All right, Dad. Some I give it to uh, I don't really even yes, like, Dad, but it's it, just it, protocol. Dad. Dad, All right, it. I'm just saying. All right, well. See you dinner. Bye. I got a giant box full of them. Can't get rid of them, really. <laughs> I do speak at the station shrine. Ah. But to be honest, I've been looking for an opportunity to see you. Really? I'm honored. Ah, uh, honored. Uh, actually, I was hoping you'd be happy to see me. Oh, I am. Very happy. I like that nuance. <laughs> Honor doesn't sound like sex is on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> you were the last one to see her. I guess. What happened to your face? Was this episode before that TNG episode? Um, Which one? The one where Odo she has goes? the best friend that is hurting people, oh. remember? Oh, good question. And then like the best the like the alien is like the way you treat children is ridiculous. <laughs> You're fucking monsters. Yeah. What is that episode called? Ah, eh, whatever, I'll find it in a second. Best friend? Imaginary friend? Happened I believe it's imaginary face. friend. I'm a shapeshifter. Oh, I think you're right. Can't believe it. I just don't do faces very well. I have the ability to change my shape to look like other things. Wow, she's my age. That's how I. That's how. This is how I would have been. This is how old I would have been if I was doing the scene opposite of Odo. She's my age. That's right. Oh wow. There's no such thing as changelings. They're make believe. Everyone knows that. No, I'm not make believe. She was uh, imaginary friend right? was the fifth season of then TNG. Let me see you into something. Huh? And when Maybe was that? Later. In reference to this, the year after. right now, mm-hmm. I feel like talking. If I were a changeling, I change shapes all the time. Everyone wants to be my friend. Huh? I wish it were that easy. Why wouldn't it be? When I was younger. People were always asking me to change shape for them. They'd pretend to be my friends, but all they wanted was to see me become a chair animal. They always asked me where my eyes were, what I was seeing. <laughs> if I could if I could have really fast, stretchy arms and stop people. Could I taste out of my fingers? Bing bong. All right. None of them ever really cared about me. Maybe they were scared of you. Some of them probably were. I'm not afraid of you. I could make my hands into Terminator 2 lasers. Have you ever seen Terminator 2? People were pretty amazed by it at the time. Now it's just basic CG. 
My father died when I was four. I don't remember him very well. Last time I saw my mother, she was in her workroom, making pottery. When I went to get her for the midday meal, she was gone. She was How playing the piano like Chico. When you last saw her. Happy. She was making a vase for Mr. Deppner, the baker. I wish like the like the problems with the uh, holodeck, like everyone just it was the colony complete. Everyone slowly or quickly developed dementia. <laughs> <laughs> they just started forgetting things because like the program wasn't working and yeah. Uh, it would be cool to do different variations. They become kind of more monsters slowly. But I guess that would tip it off. Um. Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking about Alien Holodeck when I was watching this until... I guess until her arm disappears. <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't predict it. Yeah. It's just Yeah, I think it's it's good. It's good misdirection in that way. Well do you want to go, don't you? Not really. Does your father know? He wouldn't understand. You're gonna have to give back that com badge. You know what my father wanted me to be? It's okay, it's standard yeah. issue. <laughs> well. Said he had too many of them. Box of them or something. <laughs> what did you think of your speech? Mm. I liked everything about it, except the content. You disagree with my interpretation of the eighth prophecy? I disagree is a bit of an understatement. Passionately disagree is more like it. The way you have of. Taking a prophecy and showing that it can mean exactly the opposite of the accepted interpretation is... Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, insightful. <laughs> Infuriating. Maybe we should talk about something else. Like what? Well, the Yelvin Caterpod crop, maybe? Or, uh, uh, the new nature preserve in Hendrickspool province. Well, maybe the standings in the spring ball championship. You follow spring ball? Religiously, uh, if you'll pardon the expression. Uh, what about water polo? Ball. Me too. Hmm. I had Chief O'Brien design a spring ball holo suite program. Really? Let's go. I did think... You want to play spring ball? As soon as I saw this guy, I was like, oh, this douche again. I thought we were rid of him. <laughs> this is like a series of... It's interesting, like, who other than Riker... In the TNG era or in this era, is set up as like, oh, the romantic lead. Look at how handsome he is. Boy, is she going to have trouble keeping her hands off him and not having them be kind of eerie and unsettling. <laughs> like from Divinoni Rall on, all the romantic leads are always a little bit weird. Um,. Don't you think? I don't find him that weird because maybe because he's been recurring. You know, you're already acclimated to him. Yeah, I'm acclimated to his weirdness. It's not one of these one-stop shop weirdos that Deanna Troy got saddled with. 
obviously they've there this is a style of religious leader that they they don't have restrictions on who they can date but it does feel slightly weird <laughs> that he's like has both that side and that's how she sees him and then and then he's then also he like putting the moves on her to me. this colony is undergoing a serious crisis your daughter is among the missing yet you hardly seem concerned there's nothing I can do to change things I wish there were now is there anything else or can I go are you sure you're all right? Why wouldn't I be? I'm not a hologram. You seem to be in a great deal of pain. Why do you say that? I can see it in your eyes. Perhaps you'd like to sit here for a moment and rest? Well, it wouldn't do much good. You see, I'm dying. I'm sorry. Well, I've had a good life. No regrets. I wish I could see my daughter once again. I've had sex with every now, person no in this village. Question. Actually, you know the guy that arrested there is you? One thing I've Him twice. <laughs> How come? No one ever leaves the village. I haven't met anyone yet who's ever been outside this valley. Any idea why? I suppose it's because people around here don't like to travel. After all, there's no place to go. How can you be so sure? Have you ever left the valley? Now that you mention it, no. When I asked Coleus if he searched outside the valley for the missing people, he looked surprised, as if he'd never thought of it before. I find that very peculiar. Where I come from, we would have searched the entire countryside. Yes. I suppose Is there a countryside Coleus thought there was on no DS9. But I guarantee you, there are no missing people out there. You're sure of that? Absolutely. I did great. As you see, Whoops. yeah, I, I understand that you're from Starfleet. Uh, uh, look, uh, they're all holograms. What? Yeah. Right. You, I see what you're saying. <laughs> right. If you could help me fix the system, I'd be so grateful. I guess he was afraid... You know he was afraid they would tell them, but however, if they're programs, can't you just erase that from their memory? Right. Yes, you can. Yeah. I've decided that. I know how holodecks work, so. Yeah. Thanks for asking the questions, uh, Andy. I'm glad I could give you the answers. It really worked out well for both of us. And let you gobble me up? I don't think so. See that tree? Sometimes we go there to play. That's the furthest I've ever been from the village. Wait here. But I want to come see too. Please do as I say. Lieutenant, would you come with me? What if Dex keeps talking about gossip? I'm still not reading any other life forms. No indication of any power source. Did you see that? It, it just vanished. It happened just as we passed those bushes. Those magical bushes. Taya. We're going to tell everyone at T-Space 9 we found magic bushes. Quick. 
Let's get back to the runabout. What about Wait, the missing Dex. people? Doesn't matter. <laughs> this is bigger than any of that. <laughs> it's a magic bush. <laughs> um, I don't need to hear that stupid Paramount intro again. Oh, God. Why'd I close the window? Yes, the Why did I close the, hot, the window? The hotspot was having trouble keeping up. I can't believe we're uh, episode over my phone. Do you think they're playing uh, Ambo Jitsu instead of Spring Ball? Imagine that we cut to them and they're they're like their whole romantic the post same thing. outfit. They're in those exact outfits, the giant hockey gear. <laughs> 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 that's what they kiss in. I love, I'd love it. Oh, I'd love it if that's what they kiss in. It would be great. <laughs> Just uh, you'd hear the rubber rubbing up against it, like like the foam, you know. Yeah, that was delicious. Uh, I think the replicator. Here, let me help. Oh, that's not necessary. Your shoulder. Never felt better. Maybe I do need some help after all. <laughs> it's so soapy. Yeah. See, I'm I not into this. Soaps. Why not? Secunda loves a romance. I find this to be very cheesy and inorganic, and uh, I don't like the guy. I don't like. I don't like the interaction. Somehow, it's just sort of awkward and weird and forced. I'm not a fan of any of it. You just wish they were playing Ambo Jitsu. That is true. Quiet! Calm down! Quiet! Calm down, everybody. We have to make a decision here. Coleus, you should be out looking for my wife and all... I will talk to Dr. Frankenstein. (laughs) You all witnessed what happened when they brought us to the edge of the field. Merrick, we both saw your hand disappear. A riot is an ugly thing, and it's about time we had one. Because none of you ever tried to leave the valley. It's possible. We were programmed not to leave so that we wouldn't learn the truth. Now we have to shut down the system. If we don't fix it soon, the whole village will disappear. Dex, you said if you can fix the machine, you might be able to bring back the missing people. We hope so. What if you turn off the projector and you can't get it back on? Then this village will cease to exist. Wow. Okay, that's not that bad. The system's only a few months away <laughs> from complete failure anyway. At least this way, we have a chance to save you. Grandmother, please. Let her try. My arm disappeared. What do you think? It was pretty cool, but also well, We scary. can't go on like this. I guess we should let her shut it down. Are there any objections? And it's settled. I can't wait to see so, like, what, what? What is the holodeck programming where they're all like, cool, all right, so we're holograms, great. Well, that is fascinating how fast. I kind of like yeah. that, that they're all quickly on board with it um, because it is atypical. Yes. Um, uh, so I enjoy that. 
Um, and it's not them going, this is crazy. <laughs> it would be hilarious to see all these people completely losing their shit and having existential breakdowns, which is, I guess, would it be more a logical response um, if they really thought they were real. But uh, I guess he programmed them all to be kind of pleasant, even in the worst of circumstances. But, um, but here's more my central question, and I feel like this is just a classic Secunda line of questioning. Um, why are Dax and O'Brien, if they think all these people are holograms, wh- why do they care? Isn't this just a program they're running? What makes them think that each person, each hologram is sentient and should be dignified as such? Did you not buy the relationship, the bond formed between Odo and the little girl? Hmm. I mean, I did up until the point when he discovers she's a hologram. So you think once you know she's a hologram, we gotta not care. Well, that's how they would deal with people in the holodeck, wouldn't they? Basically, after you develop a relationship with a person in the holodeck, you don't think, well, that's a real person. You might feel have feelings, but you don't. Well, what if you, you know that it's, it's a program? A program. But also that it's running thanks to one guy, and also if uh, we shut it down, maybe I can fix it for the guy, and he can die happy. <laughs> that part is is reasonable, but at this point, they're talking to these programs as though they're people. Well, I think that's just the uh, testament to the design of the holodeck characters by that guy. <laughs> So then you think that that Dax and Odo are sort of like, yeah, well, we're playing act, we're play acting like we're in a, you know, uh, uh, what's the Dixon Dixon Hill? Uh, sure, holiday program. Yeah, well, I don't feel like that makes sense. If they're on a mission, if they're on a mission, they're not going to worry about being on a holo suite. They're it's more about you know. Um, you're fucking getting it who done. Who are you? It's so late. This isn't an Andy. This isn't Andy. Who is this? <laughs> what is your what's 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 where am I off base? Uh, you're, it all makes you're, sense. You're, you're not into the smoochy kiss romance. Yeah, and true. you're suddenly like they're on the mission. They should stick to the mission. They should be professionals. Protocol. <laughs> Starfleet. You're not Andy. Who are you? I guess this is when I become a professional. Is it at twelve thirty at night? Your face isn't so scary. <laughs> Wait, why are you? Wait, just just say it isn't scary. Why are you saying so scary? What's the matter? <laughs> Your face isn't as scary as everyone keeps saying it is. Thank you, Taya. You're totally right. It'd be oh, funny I if their first reaction, stick the screw. First reaction here. after after the disappearance of the cloak is that uh, just like, wait a minute, are you saying we're all actually naked? <laughs> like they just think the clothes aren't real. Oh, he thinks. I, I forgot that the I forgot the aspect where they assume he's also a hologram. Yes, that's. I mean, it's a nice twist. I saw it coming as soon as they sh- they shot yes, it this way. I was like, like, oh, they're gonna reveal that guy behind it.
then yeah, I, I they, so look, they're fucking. What do you do? You seek out strange new new life and new civilizations. This is a new civilization and a new kind of life. This is a holodeck that has been left running for generations. You know what so makes you determine it's a new kind of life? Where's that basis? They don't even have a discussion. They've interacted with intelligent beings, intelligent, you know, a program. Who, what intelligent so of program? Of course they're going to try to fix it. What intelligent program? What are you talking about? They've talked to everybody they're talking to. Is it intelligence? Well, uh, what What makes you decide that? That they're, those are more of an intelligence than Minuet or some fucking person in the... Well, that's a bad example because she was futzed with by the binars. But the... Uh, those are whatever, those are those are designed to run temporarily. This is running in perpetuity for for a very long time. I guess Much that like is the how the doctor they, they, also gets right. Sentient, that's how they forever. decide that the doctor is suddenly sentient. Yeah. But it's a weird it's a weird standard for evaluation of of sentience. How long you've been conscious? How long are you aware that you're a hologram? These it's not even conscious as long you've been power. running, huh? I'm just saying, like, these people, they react nicely to it. Hey, you're holograms. Okay, great. Can you help us? Well, they're certainly pleasant holograms. I just don't know why you would think, oh, they're real. So I have to talk to them like they're real people. I think, again, that you're all you're supposed to hinge on the Odo relationship. Yeah. What if Dax disappeared? That'd be fucking meta. That'd be crazy. That'd be great. Don't look so surprised. I'm as real as you are. Oh, you're wondering if he would be naked? That'd be so funny if he was. He would be naked, <laughs> theoretically, right? Because those clothes were made yeah. by. Yeah. In the machine. Yeah, these are holograms. Like, yeah, exactly. He didn't enter in those exact clothes. That'd be amazing. Problem. That is, until the Dominion took over and changed our whole way of life. And I realized one morning that. We used to wear these hats. I didn't really belong there anymore. So I came here, and I used a holo generator to recreate all the things that I'd lost. I've lived here in my village for nearly 30 years. I've watched the people marry, have children, (laughs) grow old, and sometimes I even forgot that they were holograms. I made them listen to me sing Dolly Parton songs. And I would appreciate She's it. She's huge in the Gamma Quadrant. You take me back to your different <laughs> What about the villagers? What about your granddaughter? She's not real. Technically, I suppose you're right. Maybe by our definition, Taya's not real. Her memories are stored in a computer her body is made up of omicron particles but who's to say that our definition of life is the only valid one i'm sure if you asked her she'd say she was real she thinks she feels the, where does he get that from she thinks she feels it's all yeah. an illusion His this is the guy who programmed it is saying that well you said you created the village 30 years ago Taya's only 10. I designed the program so the villagers could have children if they wanted to. Then Taya's personality is a combination of her parents' personalities. Just like a real child. You had nothing to do with it. But she's still a hologram. Maybe. But I saw the way you held her hand when she was sad. 
I saw the way you tried to comfort her when she was frightened. I, I, I didn't want her to get hurt. If she's not real, what does it matter? It matters. It matters to me. Why should it? See, this guy's just got faulty logic that he's that Oda's backing him into a corner. But the first things he was saying were the answers. Like it's she doesn't think, she doesn't feel. I didn't program her that way. And then he's saying, "Yes, but you care about her." It's like, oh, it's all well and good. That doesn't no, mean she's real. No, what he's saying is, yeah, you programmed the program. You didn't program her. The program created her. Yeah, I don't know. Seems Look, questionable. I get it. You don't like anything. It's fine. <laughs> Post midnight, Andy is a real curmudgeon. We get it because I love her. And she loves you. We assume. We don't know if she can feel that. She's real to you. And she's real to me, too. They're all real. And you can't turn your back on them now. I think it's dumb. Andy could turn his back on him in a second. Like, boom. I would have the second I realized they weren't real, I would have vaporized all of them. You fucking <laughs> You don't exist. You're just a, a fucking piece of me. you're just a machine. You're dead. You're dead to me. You never existed. You can't how you can't even be dead because you're not even alive. <laughs> then do it the best you can. I'll try. Good. Then you'll make the old man proud. <clears throat> I better go study. Um, Jake's like, I don't want to go Starfleet. Cisco's like, all right. <laughs> that, that scene. Yeah. Stolen from a museum on Cardassia 5. I always knew Kona was no good. I only wish we could have caught the two of you together. <laughs> Life is full of disappointments. By the way, Prylar Ritt tells me that you encouraged him to invite Baril onto the station. Is that a crime? Not at all. I just wanted to thank you. I found him very... diverting. Uh, I like this. I like the subtext. Is uh, That Quark basically invited this guy to distract Kira. That's fun. diverting enough. He's Glad mad. That. Meanwhile, a whole village of people is going to be brought back here, and Andy doesn't care because they're fake. To it's him. a waste of time. It's a waste of time and energy. They could be using that energy for other things. I don't want to be treated any differently than before. In front of my fake of automatons. Meow, meow, meow. He's going to act surprised. He's going to act. <laughs> he's going to really oversell it. The fact that he's a hologram. <laughs> oh no! Oh, we're all back. Oh. Where were we? That was scary. <laughs> or not? Was it scary? I don't. It was not scary. It, it wasn't even thing on. <laughs> we were able to fix your mother, but we had to make her ten feet tall. What? <laughs> what a weird. What a weird thing. <laughs> we gave her cat ears. Sorry about that. We upgraded the system's memory core and realigned the field generators. I don't think you'll have to worry about anyone disappearing now. 
We just have to get used to the fact that we're holograms. We're alive and we have our families back. That's the only thing that counts. I wonder who created all this. I did. Whoops. Whoever it was to find you. <laughs> 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 Wipe their memories. Wipe their memories. <laughs> Turn it back. Turn it back off. Turn it back off. <laughs> it's good working with you, Odo. Next time you're on this side of the galaxy, I hope you come by and see us. Yeah, I'm gonna waste my time. We don't get that many visitors. Come back and talk to the cash registers. Oh, you no. robots, I don't care about you. <laughs> my mother's back. I'm glad. She's ten feet tall. You're <laughs> she has cat ears. I don't understand. I'm <laughs> I'll miss you. What does he turn into? I forget. A, a tiger? I think a top? Oh yes, yeah. I was kind of hoping that he would turn into a loaf of bread and then she would run over and eat him. And he would go, ah, oh, no! <laughs> That's what they referred to earlier. You gobbled me up. Then he turned into, like, Kenny Ant-Man her and, like, so do I. Just became big from inside and just burst through her. <laughs> just burst through her. She was the imaginary friend, or she was the regular girl? Right, normal Damn. girl. Yeah. Normal human on the Enterprise. You think, you think Renee Abishwa was like, ah, I'll just uh, I'll just do this, and then they can figure out something to put in. Like, they didn't know what he was going to turn into. <laughs> he just decided. Oh, maybe. And they were there like, oh, we could make him a top. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Didn't want to do the effect when he turned back. So they just cut to him. What if when they beam out again? Uh, I, wish, I wish Dax was like, that was fucking gross. What? You turned to a top? <laughs> <laughs> like it was too showy or it was just... Um, yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, you're filthy. You were on the ground, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do some MVC action. I'm so annoyed that I have to fucking get a new router tomorrow. Come on. It'll work better. I'm just thinking about it because... I wonder if that router would work in this house. Do you find you can walk from room to room and all from outside to... It's the same network everywhere. And just, it's all fun. Nothing changes. It's all the same. I don't want to spend all that money and then have it not work. Well, that's why you go get it from like Costco or somebody has a good return policy. Maybe I'll try. Whoa. It. I haven't heard this one in a while. It's now DS9. There's no turning back. Which one will?
Everything they do on the planet is irrelevant. Just a bunch of imaginary people. Everything they do on the planet is irrelevant. It's a bunch of imaginary people. The station's not in any It's danger. Kira. Kira at least uh, stops, you know, the, uh, the smuggling. Crime. She stops the a crime. crime. Yeah, she stops a crime. Okay, I'm going to give it to Dax. <laughs> for, for bringing back the, for fixing yeah. the, the fakos. Helping, the, <laughs> helping that old guy not die of a sad sort of like... You know. All right, all right, that's fair. All right, you just have a different, uh, yeah. Okay, she helped take. the old you know, one, real person. You. you know, I just saw it, okay, saw it a little fair. differently. I am thinking You're about just the real more... person. I'm thinking about the real person who was so sad and distraught. I get it. I understand. I'm more interested in in preserving the the structure of society as uh, as Kira does, just helping. Get in the box. Up, up, get in the box. Up, up, oh, oh no, it's so hot in there. Ooh, it's, it's so a day nice. Day and a half in the box now. <laughs> Oh, it's so warm and nice. <laughs> I'd be so miserable in the box. Uh, yeah, that is your nightmare. Oh, any 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 warmth in, in the freezer would be great for you. Oh, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna die. You know, they have uh, at dead. some of those Korean spas. They have the the cold room. Do you enjoy those? Do you I got, go to I've told you this spas? before, but I got trapped in a freezer once, so I don't enjoy cold freezers. <laughs> I'm sure you have told me that after five years, but I don't remember that story. Managed an ice cream store, and I was alone, and the uh-huh. walk-in freezer, the door shut behind me, and yeah. I was alone in the store, no customers, no me, no other employees. Yeah, and uh, the door, the door had frozen, and I couldn't get out. And Jack Torrance's ghost didn't I had to, l- like, let you out of the freezer. I had to tried punching it, kicking it. I eventually took like a three-gallon barrel of some ice cream i forget what it was and like started hitting the emergency release knob finally got it to bust open but i was in there for like a good 35 40 minutes oh you saved yourself wow yeah wow good for you i did think for a little while i was like oh this is how i go and i was like i guess not a terrible way i'll fall asleep and be dead (laughs) how old were you uh 24 24 wow scary mm-hmm. that is anyway, very shining that's why I don't want to be in a cold room or a hot box those are reasonable things to not want thanks uh, <laughs> how many Andy's does this episode get um I all that being said I really like the concept and the reveal that it's like you know, uh, it's just the one guy and he's created this fake place um, and sort of the reveal. I really like, like that. When we find out we don't actually have listeners, you've just made up everyone who's written in. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of time. Why would I make them so long? Why would you're I like, make I, those hails so long? <laughs> you're like, I've never posted an episode you sent into our Dropbox. Just... What? What a genius. What a genius thing that these were all like, I just created all these different personalities. I guess it is exactly the same as this old guy. Yeah. And I, you know. Um, so in that sense, 
you must rate this very highly. Uh, I do like that. I like that the, the holograms are just kind of like, oh, well, we're all holograms. All right. So what are we going to do? Let's get it. I like that it's, you know, um, so I like that. The I don't like the romance subplot. I like the idea that, that Kira has a romance, but I just don't like that guy. I don't like the chemistry. It's all weird. Um, I like some of the some of the the cork stuff. So it's all kind of fine. And I think the concept is good on the on the thing. So I give it a six. Okay. Uh it's a four point five for me. Ooh. It's a little too boring. It's a little too dull. I think the A story. You know, it's hard, it's hard to hold my attention uh, when they visit these rando villages and stuff like that in Star Trek in general. Uh, yeah. And it's not like a ship problem or a station problem. It's a it's a other world problem that, you know, uh, seems to be inconsequential ultimately to anything. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of time there. Uh, I found it disappointing that uh, I don't understand why Jake doesn't want to go to Starfleet. That's fucking weird. And... Uh, <laughs> Like you said, I, you know, I want, you know, occasionally I think I'd like uh, Dax to, uh, not Dax, but um, Quark to be successful at his schemes. He is, it, it seems like it's mixed in that sometimes his his schemes, I guess we see the really ones that, we see the ones, I guess I feel like it's heavily implied that he's got you know, uh, Latinum generating enterprises that are constantly working. Sure, I think and we only see the ones, great. we only see the one, but even just a little side cons and stuff. And we only see the ones that, that the DS nine crew is involved in. And so those are going to be stopped obviously, hmm. but I haven't seen it on par. I've only seen a little bit of the series, whatever the case. Now I feel like I've, I've overrated this episode, but I guess I'll stick by it. Stick to your guns, Andy. Stick to your guns, yeah. 12.40 in the morning, Andy Secunda. That's me, those stupid robots. I'll see you in, what, 10 hours to do the next one? <laughs> Are you going to have time to watch it? Uh, between you got to do your stuff with Henry in the morning. i got to take him to camp. I should. Will I have yeah. time to watch it? Who knows? Probably. We'll see. Anyway, love you guys. Hope you have good holidays. Uh, Happy yeah, New I'm Year. Andy, I love everybody. I'm Andy. I, I care about everybody. Unless you're a fucking hologram, then you're dead to him. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Disengage. Oh, I don't exist.